We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Hello everyone, this is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant, and you are listening to Week 12 of the Fantasy Football Beat A Rotoviz podcast. Each week I'm joined by an NFL beat reporter who breaks down one of the biggest games on the NFL slate, and on this week's show we have a great one. One of the best in the business, the great John McClain, who has covered the NFL for the Houston Chronicle for over 40 years. You can follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL, and in this episode he's going to be discussing the big AFC South battle on Monday Night Football between the Texans and the Titans. We discussed the big change that head coach Bill O'Brien made after the Texans started 0-3 and why that has directly led to their seven-game winning streak, why Texans fans should be patient with the slow start of the newly acquired wide receiver Demarius Thomas, and why the outcome of this game will go a long way to determining the AFC South champion. After the interview with John, I'll take a few minutes to recap what we discussed and use some of the Rotovis apps to dive deeper into the game. For those those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Please go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. For this game, the Texans are a six and a half point home favorite with a minus 110 money line. There is a very low 41.5 
over under on this game. The Texans have won seven games in a row after that 0-3 start. They are sitting 7-3 atop the division. They are two games up on the Titans and two games up on the Colts. However, the Titans did defeat the Texans back in week two, 20-17 with Blaine Gabbert at quarterback. So let's get right to it now and hear what John has to say about the game. Please welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, John McClain. John has covered the NFL for the Houston Chronicle for 40 years. You can hear him on Sports Radio 610 in Houston and 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. John is one of the absolute best NFL writers in the country. Please follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. And he joins us for a few minutes to talk about the huge Monday night football matchup between the Texans and the Titans. John, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving to you and the family as well. And and listen, talking about being happy, you have a Texans team here that has won seven games in a row, and they're going to host the Titans on Monday night. So I think things are, are going pretty well for the Texans, aren't they? They are. The last time they played the Titans, second game of the year, to me, it was the low point of the year for them because the Titans did not have Marcus Mariota. It was the second game without Delaney Walker. They were missing their first three offensive tackles. And yet they won 20-17. to 17. One reason they caught the Texans with their pants down on special teams and had that fake punt for a touchdown. And Blaine Gabbert, uh, which might have been the ultimate insult that he beat them, but he did a great job of taking three-step drops and getting rid of the ball. So J.J. Watt and Devion Klein, he couldn't get it. And I think right now both teams are a whole lot better. And uh, Texans have seven-game winning streak, ties the longest in franchise history. Uh, they played close games. Uh, eight of their ten games have been decided by seven or fewer points. Four of their victories have been decided by three or fewer points, including the last two, by two and two. And they've won a lot of close games. They're winning ugly. A lot of their fans are, and mem- members of the media in Houston are complaining because they won't open up the offense with Deshaun Watson like you saw Monday night. And as I point out, they play the way they play, but trying to protect Watson behind the poorest offensive line and poor overall pass protection. And and as I've pointed out all week in Houston, that Kansas City, everybody in that organization, owner Clark Hunt, coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, would trade that 54-51 track meet for an ugly 23-21 victory like the Texans had in Washington any day of the week. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up, John. What are your thoughts on that? Having covered the NFL here for 40 years, you know, us in the fantasy community, obviously we love the scoring, but I would think that it's been a little split here. You know, it's an exciting game for sure, but when you're scoring over 100 points, that, that's, a, that's real different than what you normally see, right? It's Big 12 football, and uh, people complain about it, no defense. And I know there was a lot of people. And I was asked all week what I thought about it. I said, I would rather see some defense and people, oh, you're talking, you'd rather see 6-3. I said, no, I'd rather see 38-35, 41-38, 45-35 like the Saints beat the Rams. Now, there were three defensive touchdowns, and ultimately Patrick Mahomes had five, t- five turnovers. And in almost every case, he was hit 
or he was chased out of the pocket. He threw off balance, and a lot of that was because of defense. So no matter how many points you give up, you still got to have people who can harass the quarterback. And right now, there's only four teams in the league can play the way they have. The Saints, the best team in the league. The Rams, who lost by 10 to the Saints. The Chiefs, who are averaging more points in two losses than they are in their nine wins. And Indianapolis, averaging almost 37 points over their last four games. Titans saw that up close and personal that because Andrew Luck is playing so great. The Colts are right there in that fourth spot as far as, far as I'm concerned, as far as high-octane offenses. But if you don't have the talent, you got to have speed, what the Chiefs have compared to the Texans, Texans don't have Travis Kelsey at tight end. They don't have a running back like Kareem Hunt. They're fast receiver like Tyreek Hill, Will Fuller's on IR. And you need at least three good offensive linemen, usually tackles and a center. And the Texans have the center and no tackles. And so teams would be stupid to try to play that philosophy if they don't have the talent, and only the very few do. Well, when we talk about scoring, it starts with the quarterback. And they had a, a polarizing start to the year with Deshaun Watson. I would say that NFL fans, there were some that thought he was just going to pick up where he left off, and a lot of them who thought that maybe that sample size was unrealistic. Uh, Watson had some struggles early, but he's really hit his stride here the last couple of weeks. Talk about his development as the season has gone on here for the Texans. Well, early on, he was throwing for 375, 385 yards, and they were losing. And then when they beat Dallas in the second game in their current winning streak, he was obliterated inside the five-yard line when he was trying to run for touchdowns. The red zone offense was terrible at that time. And he suffered bruised sternum, broken rib, partially collapsed lung, and he kept playing. And then the next game, they played Buffalo here, one by seven, but the Bills sacked him seven times, and they knocked him down 12 more times, and Bill O'Brien, the coach who calls the play, goes, enough. So in these last four games, they're averaging 34 carries, 143 yards, that's fourth and fifth in the league, and people don't like it. You know, that he has not thrown more than 24 passes in the last four games. He has nine touchdowns and two interceptions, but... uh People don't like the way they've, you know, put the cork in the bottle, but they're doing it because they want to keep him upright. If he gets hurt, they have no prayer. If he stays healthy, they can win a division, host a playoff game. I don't think they're going to win a divisional game on the road, but right now they got the Titans, the Browns, and the Colts in Houston, and if they could win those games, they'd have a chance to get a first-round bye. It's a really good point. That that Dallas game really was a critical turning point here for the Texans because if you look at it from that point on and you look at the running game with Lamar Miller, he had 71 total yards in Week 6, 99 total yards in Week 7, then 133 against Miami had the big game there, 48 against Denver, but then 108 uh, last week as well. So it seems like that really was a commitment for Bill O'Brien, and Miller's actually picked it up and had a real solid sort of four or five weeks for you. When they played at Washington on Sunday, Washington was fifth in the league against the run. And Redskins have a good a good overall defense, but they've been great against the run, allowing 90 yards a game. Texans lost both starting guards. If they'd had one more injury, I told 104.5, they were calling me out of the press box. <laughs> and they didn't have another lineman. And they won't tell us what they would have done. I asked Bill O'Brien, he says, we have a plan. And we practice it, but we're not going to tell you. 
And so they still ran for 139 yards. And the two backs, Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue, combined for, I think, 130, let's see, net 33. And uh, they averaged 4.3 yards of carry. And they run a lot on first down. And they averaged 4.3 on first down. And, and But they also called passes. Watson was 7 of 8 for 98 yards and a touchdown on first down. Then he was sacked, and then he ran for 6 yards. But uh, they have gone conservative. It, it requires close games. Usually you know, their kickers reliable. Kaimi Fairbairn, he missed 44 and 45-yard field goals and won it with a 54-yarder. But they're asking Watson – and he didn't do it in this game. Three games in a row, they had no turnovers. First time in history they'd done that. And then he threw um, two bad passes, one down the field into coverage, which he'd not done since the opening three games. And then he threw a, a screen pass that he probably should have thrown in the dirt, and he tried to get it over a guy. He tipped it, was intercepted, and set up a 13-yard touchdown drive. So he reverted back to his bad habits against Washington, but – I suspect after that performance, he'll bounce back and play a lot better. The reason they can't air it out like last season is the quarterback's got to have time to throw. He doesn't have time to throw. And plus, last year, they didn't see two deep coverages on every pass like they do most of the time now. Well, the Texans made a big move here as we got to the trade deadline, getting Demarius Thomas from the Denver Broncos. And, of course, Will Fuller, like you said, out with the ACL. Uh, Demarius Thomas was not really involved last week. Kiki Kuti came back. He played well. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best, if not the best receivers in the game. So talk about that receiving core, how you see it moving forward, because I think that's going to that's gonna be a critical piece, not just on Monday, but for the rest of the season here for the Texans. Will Fuller in 11 games with Hopkins, with Watson has 11 touchdown catches when in, in 16 games with Hopkins, I mean, with Watson Hopkins has 14 touchdown catches in the games. Those three are on the field together. They average 30.8 points. Problem is Fuller's been hurt. Watson of course was hurt last year, but Fuller has been hurt every year. It's too bad because he was playing great. Great speed. He hadn't dropped a pass. Texans are like fourth in the league and fewest drop in the best, let's see, percentage of for fewest drops. That's what it is. And so the thing is here, people say, why don't they throw these talented tight ends? Why don't they throw more to Fuller? Why did Demarius Thomas not catch any passes? Well, they don't seem to realize when you throw a maximum of 24 times, and you compete, complete, say, 16. And they had five, this was the Washington game. They had five to Hopkins. Their rookie receiver plays in the slot, Kiki QT, has been really good, but he's been hurt twice. So he had five. That was 10. That left six more for everybody else. And they got two rookie tight ends, Jordan Aikens and Jordan Thomas. Aikens had a 28-yard catch. So Demarius Thomas didn't have anything after he had three for a 20-yard average in the first game. And Bill O'Brien said, that's my fault. I, you know, it's my fault as a play caller, but there's just not enough balls to go around when you're not throwing more than 25 times a game, 24 times a game. And as the receivers coach today, how do you keep those all those receivers happy when they're not getting the ball as much as they want? And he goes, win. When you win, everybody's happy. Well, that's exactly right. And the Texans, like we said, have been on a roll. So, so the wins have kept everyone happy here. 
the defensive side of the ball, John, it's, is going to be critical. The, the, the Texans here are seventh in the league, averaging only giving up 330 yards per game. Here comes a Titans offense. Mariota was hurt last week for uh, the Titans. We're not sure what, what his status is going to be. He's probably going to try to play, but like you said, they've had experience against Blaine Gabbard. So talk about what the Texans are looking to do and how their defense has been successful during this seven-game winning streak. I wrote a column for Thursday that the defense it's time, the the post Thanksgiving NFL is known as you know crunch time the stretch drive when the games mean so much because everybody's jockeying for position to win the division make a wild card berth get first round buyer on field advantage so every loss is just, can be catastrophic. And so the Texans' defense, these are some of the, the stats I use. First of all, they're seventh defense, seventh against the run, eighth against the pass, and they're one of four teams, along with Baltimore, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh, to rank in single digits in all three of those categories. For the season, they're sixth in points allowed at 20.5, but in the last six games, they're giving up only 16.2. And uh, they've got two premier pass rushers, in J.J. White, Jadavion Clowney, they've combined for 16 and a half sacks. And until the Washington game Sunday, they had not given up more than two touchdowns in a game, in five games, and the Washington had three. One reason, of course, because that short 13-yard scoring drive. And something I figured up, and this shows you about, tells a lot about this defense, of the 11 starters, Nine came in the first three rounds, five in the first round, two more in the second. So seven of 11 in the first two. Their offense has three in the first three rounds, including three in the first round. That would be Watson, Hopkins, and Demarius Thomas, who was a first-rounder for Denver. So they have more talent, more experience, 61 years of experience on defense, 50 on offense. So those are – and those and plus they have guys right right now, Mike, JJ Watts, Devion Clowney, um, Tyron Matthew, Kareem Jackson's having the best season of his nine year career. He's just been fantastic. And their rookie Justin Reed, the second third round pick from Stanford, he was their top draft choice. He has been phenomenal. And he just keeps getting better every game. And, and they're getting in better physical condition. They've got three players who've been out or coming back. If they don't suffer another big injury against the Titans, they're going to be in about as good a physical physical condition as you could be in getting ready for the stretch drive. And that's real critical here. And, and John, we appreciate a few minutes. Last question, then we'll, we'll let you go here and, and get ready for Thanksgiving. The Texans have won the three of the last four wins that they've have have been on the road at Jacksonville, at Denver, at Washington. They now start a three game stretch of three consecutive home games, Titans, Browns, and Colts. They are two games up on both the Colts and the Titans in the AFC South. So if they can keep this winning streak going here, get a win on Monday night, win the next two, they can pretty much put this division away. How do you think it's going to go? on Monday night, big game against the Titans here, Texans at home, seven in a row. How do you think they fare against uh, Tennessee? I think they're going to get revenge for the worst performance of the year in that second game in Nashville. I'm not sure. Um, I think I predicted them to win by three because all their games are close. And 
the people ask me all the time, when do you think they're going to lose? Well, I'd say, well, they're going to beat Tennessee and Cleveland. They'd give them a nine-game winning streak, but it's going to be really hard to beat Andrew Luck twice. Their winning streak started 37-34 in overtime, in which Frank Wright made what we all called a bonehead decision to not go for a tie, go for a win. It yep. backfired. Yep. Texans won. And now if he had taken the tie, the Colts would have the last wild card spot. Instead of being two games out, they'd be at one and a half games out. So that could end up backfiring. But the, the Colts are playing so great on offense. And their defense is better, but not anywhere as prolific as the offense. I think the Texans are going to win nine in a row and lose to the Colts. And I haven't looked at the Colts' schedule beyond the next two, but uh, because they both finished four and twelve and in last place, they're playing last place schedules. That's why after the three games in a row at home, Texans have two road games at the Jets, at the Eagles. At the start of the season, we said, "Whoa, that Eagles and Jacksonville road trip is going to be the toughest in the league." And then the last game is here against the Jaguars, and they probably will have imploded by then. So the Texans have a really good chance if they don't blow a game they should win in their favor to win this game by six. And uh, I picked them by three. They don't score a lot of points on anybody other than Miami. But uh, so I think I said 23-20 Texans. Oh, that sounds great. And, and just, just so you have it here, the Colts schedule is interesting. After, you know, they, they have the Dolphins, then they're at the Jaguars, they come to Houston, and then they have – two consecutive home games, Cowboys and Giants, and they end the season at the Titans. So that game that you're talking about, that Texans-Colt game, that could be huge. That could absolutely be for the division. There's no doubt about it. I was just going to point out that last game in in Nashville when the Titans – I picked the the Jaguars to win the division and the Texans and Titans to earn wild card bursts. And even though the Titans were blown out in Indy, I certainly haven't written them off because I watched those two previous games against Dallas and New England. And if they can recapture the magic of those two games and then just wipe, you know, wipe, delete the Colts game as an aberration, uh, then they can bounce back and they certainly are capable of winning. But of course, they got to make sure Mariota's healthy and stays healthy. Absolutely. And and we'll be watching on Monday night, folks. That's John McClain. He is one of the best in the country. He's fantastic. Follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Covers the NFL for the Houston Chronicles for 40 years. John, we'll be watching Monday. We're looking for eight in a row here for the Texans. Thanks so much for a few minutes and have a great Thanksgiving. My pleasure, Mike. Thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We thank John McClain, who has been covering the Houston Texans for over 40 years at the Houston Chronicle, for joining us this week on the Fantasy Football Beat. Please follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. In just a moment, I'm going to dive deeper into what we discussed using some of the many apps on rotoviz.com. Just a quick reminder, you can still support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, which is our weekly Sunday morning video show where we answer all all your fantasy football questions. Patronships start at just $6 per month and provide exclusive access to RotoBiz Live. That's four shows per month. On top of the 40 podcasts for just $6, please consider becoming a RotoViz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce the high-quality, industry-leading programming that you have come to expect. Please remember RotoViz Radio on Patreon. 
Again, we thank John McLean from the Houston Chronicle for joining us this week. And this is a huge game. It's winning time now. It's winning time in the NFL and it's winning time in the fantasy football season. So a lot of you have invested in many of these players that will be on the showcase as the standalone game on Monday night football. You may have drafted Marcus Mariota at the beginning of the year doing a late round QB selection. You may have been involved in Deion Lewis or Derrick Henry. Which one's going to be better? Both of them have been up and down. Henry's been better of late. Deion Lewis has been better with the PPR for most of the season. And I'm sure a ton of you have DeAndre Hopkins. If you had an early pick there in the in the first round in your seasonal leagues, many of you probably took Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was a very polarizing player at the start of this fantasy season. A lot of people thought that maybe he was going to see some regression from that short but explosive sample size we had last year. But a lot of people still believed in him. And as John pointed out, the beginning of the year, he was on fire with the yardage, but it wasn't equating to wins for the Texans. And the key was they have to keep him healthy. They have absolutely no chance if he gets injured. So Bill O'Brien decided that what we have to do is sacrifice his passing yardage in order to get some more wins. But you know, as you saw in that Miami Dolphins game a couple weeks ago, that Watson can absolutely still put up an explosive week. And in a home spot here on Monday Night Football with payback on their mind against an early loss to Blaine Gabbard and the Titans, you know that they're going to be ready to go. Now, we recorded this on Wednesday night, so we're not sure the status of uh, Marcus Mariota. From everything I'm seeing, it looks like he's going to try and play. But of course, Gabbert came in and did well in week two, so you would assume that at least that the Titans would play well with Gabbert. The first person I want to take a look at here is Deshaun Watson. And one of the key things you have to look at with Watson that John talked about is how he's performed with and without Will Fuller. Now, Will Fuller is out with the torn ACL. Fuller played very well in week two against the Titans, was a huge weapon for Watson there, but he will not be there in this game. Over the course of his career, when Deshaun Sean Watson has played with Will Fuller. He's had 11 games. He's averaged 30.2 fantasy points per game. He's averaged 288 passing yards, 2.7 touchdowns, only one interception. When he has not had Will Fuller, those stats drop precipitously, which is part of the reason when Fuller went down that the Texans had to go and get somebody else, and they got Demarius Thomas. Now, Thomas doesn't have the explosive downfield downfield ability that maybe he used to have, and certainly that Will Fuller has, has but he is a big weapon for them. As is Kiki Kuti, in the six games that Watson has played without Will Fuller, his points per game has dropped from 30.2 to 17.8. His yardage has dropped over 100 passing yards per game from 288 to 187, and his passing yards more than split in half from 273 to 117. So I'm using the Game Splits app here in Rotoviz, which is a fantastic, super easy app you can use where you can take a look at these stats to see how they've done. So I wanted to go a little deeper into the look here at Will Fuller. They played seven games together this year, Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson, and only three without him. But again, Will Fuller has made a huge difference. Watson, 26.1 fantasy points per game with Fuller this year, 17.5 without him. Watson, 285 passing yards with Fuller, only 199 without him. And again, two passing touchdowns per game with Fuller and 1.3 without him. So the question is going to be, how can the Texans in a big game here against a tough opponent, the Titans have a strong defense, how can they do, even though Fuller is not there, he was there in the first game? Well, here's a deeper dive. 
five, you can look using the Game Splits app. There's been five games when Kiki Kuti has played and five games when he has not. Now, there's some overlap here, of course, because Fuller was playing with Kuti, but it's worth noting with Kiki Kuti in the lineup, Watson, 19.6 fantasy points per game. When Kuti was not in the lineup, 27.4 fantasy points per game. The passing yardage is actually more yards when Kuti is not playing and more touchdowns. So it's interesting. Kuti is not a one-for-one replacement for Will Fuller. But Demarius Thomas has to get going here. He is going to be the key. If I'm looking at what I expect from our receivers this week, if you're playing some of these Texan receivers, starting DeAndre Hopkins, no discussion. I think you can start Demarius Thomas as a flex. It's a little risky because he had no catches last week. I understand that. And Kuti is there. But Kuti is not a guy who by himself has been making a huge difference. He's an ancillary third receiver. I expect Thomas to have his breakout game on Monday night. I expect Bill O'Brien to scheme him into the lineup. And I think that Watson and Thomas will connect and he will be a very solid wide receiver three or flex in PPR formats. The other guy who gets affected by Watson's play is Lamar Miller. Now, I wanted to see how Lamar Miller has done with and without Will Fuller this year. Because as you heard John talk about the offensive line, they have a very good center, but they've struggled this year. But Lamar Miller has been able to start generating some more yardage and been a better fantasy performer over the last few weeks. The first few weeks in PPR format, and and Lamar Miller was a very polarizing fantasy player in the preseason as well. There's a lot of those players in this game. People saw Lamar Miller, you know, as a fourth, fifth round pick. Is he going to still be a a top 12 PPR receiver? He always, uh, PPR running back, he always finds his way in there, but he's just not that exciting. And over the first few weeks, when the Texans were losing, he was the running back 26 and the running back 34, then the running back 22. But over the last few weeks, in the last four games, Miller has three top 20 PPR performances, and he actually has two touchdowns. In two of those games, he's gone over 100 combined yards, so he is coming around. And if you use the game splits app with and without Will Fuller this year, in the six games with Will Fuller, 12.55 Uh, fantasy points per game PPR formats without Will Fuller, 10.9. So a little bit of a drop-off. But what's interesting, targets go up without Will Fuller, rushing attempts go up without Will Fuller, and his rushing yards go up without Will Fuller. So Lamar Miller is a very safe RB2 in this game. They are home. They're going to have their all their pieces together. You heard also John talk about how their defense is healthier than they've ever been. So on offense for the Texans, you're going to start Watson. You're certainly going to start Hopkins. I think you can safely start Lamar Miller as an RB2. And I really think you can start Demarius Thomas as a wide receiver three for sure and a flex. Now go over the Titans side. If Mariota starts, I think you have to look for better options. He's been injured. He has not had a great year. He's had flashes and moments where he's really performed. But on the road in a revenge game here against a Texans team that is totally healthy on defense, there are simply better options. Wide receiver Corey Davis, he's been helter-skelter as well. This is a good defense. I feel about Corey Davis the way I feel about Demarius Thomas. I think Corey Davis and Demarius Thomas, both being a wide receiver three, are in there. I have to tell you, if Blaine Gabbard starts, I would not start Corey Davis. Absolutely not. But they're about the same area for me. In terms of the running backs, Derrick Henry has gotten... 
better in the last few weeks because he's gotten touchdowns. He really has become a, a touchdown-dependent running back. And listen, even if Gabbert starts or Mariota, their best offensive weapon, in because they don't take a lot of shots downfield, is going to be that pass out of the backfield. So Deion Lewis, very much like Lamar Miller, an RB2, certainly somebody there for the Titans. And in fantasy, you can absolutely take a closer look at. And one of the sneakiest plays here is tight end for the Titans, Jono Smith. I have been a Jono Smith truther all year. When Delaney Walker got hurt, he was able to step forward. And it took him a while to get acclimated, even though he was getting snap shares of 100%, 90%. He really wasn't producing much. However, over the last three weeks, Jono Smith, tight end 9, tight end 6, tight end 10, and two touchdowns in that time. He's going against a Texans defense that has allowed the 11th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So you want a sneaky play, you're searching that tight end waiver wire because uh, it's such a shallow position that there just aren't that many people out there and you need to go after someone, take a look at John U. Smith. He may still be out there. People may not be starting him. He's been hot lately. But if you have him, I would plug him in and very confident that John U. is going to give you a top 12 tight end fantasy performance. I think this is a big game for the Texans. I think it's a celebration. I think it's their eighth win in a row. And I do not think it's particularly close. You're either going to have Gabbert or you're going to have Mariota, who certainly is going to be compromised. I don't see the Titans keeping this one close. I feel very, very confident that the Texans are going to win by more than six and a half. I would take the Texans on the money line. I would easily give the six and a half points. And as far as the over-under, I think the Texans at home are really going to explode here. I expect them to easily put up at least 24 points here on Tennessee. And I think that the game will go over. I think the Titans can find a way certainly to get to 14 points, maybe a little bit more. So I think it's It's a big game. I see a 28-17 game for the Texans here. I wouldn't be surprised if they went over 30 points. So I'll take the over on the 41.5 line. I will take the Texans easily giving 6.5 and certainly see them winning and getting their eighth in a row and really taking a commanding lead in the AFC South. So that's going to do it here for the Fantasy Football Beat in Week 12. It's been such a fast season. Thanks, guys, so much for staying with us. It's it's a lot of fun here. So many great apps on Rotoviz. If you haven't checked out the site, please do that to really break things down and analyze it and know who to start and who to sit as you get to your fantasy playoffs. Please make sure you subscribe to the channel on your favorite podcast app here at Rotoviz Radio and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. We're going to continue bringing deep dives, especially as we get into fantasy playoffs here Week 13 next week. I'm Mike Randall. Please follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. And thanks, folks, for tuning in. Best of luck on your fantasy matchups this weekend. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a road of this podcast. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, roadofhisradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road of His at a 30% discount through the Road of His Radio homepage, roadofhis.com forward slash podcast. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen, and I'm great, thanks. What if businesses could really understand how their customers feel? act on it and make them feel better. It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management. For more, go to sap.com slash xm. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. 
Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.